Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Patrick, Hello. Mike here. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties, but um, <clears throat> we're back. And uh, hello and welcome, everyone, to the uh, SUS News podcast series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned systems technology community. And we'd be welcoming Gene, but he called me two minutes before the start of the show and said he just got called out on a search. So it's all uh, fun and games here at the control board. And, of course, uh, you know, updated my operating system, so it all goes to, to hell. But anyway, how's it going, Mike? How you doing? It's great. Yeah, well, Gene has to do what he has to do, right? I'm glad he's out there helping people out with those, those search and rescue stuff. It's, he's just up the road from me, so it's outstanding. Yeah, no, it's a good thing. So, um, you know, we want to talk about, uh, you know, the title of today's show is After the Drone Rush. And I want to kind of talk about, you know, we'll talk, uh, we've got plenty to talk about, but uh, kind of finger on the pulse of what's going on, what's really going on with the business (laughs) of drones. But before we get started, um, you know, maybe you can uh, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your bio and how you got, uh, let's say, Involved Where I'm at. <laughs> in this, yeah, in this unmanned uh, aircraft thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I've been a quite a long time listener, and it's cool to be finally on here talking. But I like the podcast and the information that comes out. It's kind of it's the kind of what's really going on instead of hype. So it's very interesting to me. But um, it is my my background. Uh, I was uh, after graduating from the Air Force Academy. I was an Air Force pilot for 21 years. I flew seven different kinds of aircraft all over the world, deployed here and there and everywhere. And uh, ever since I retired, uh, I've been working uh, with Frost and Sullivan, basically a market research company. So uh, I assume that my uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened. I got the the drone. Uh, market laid in my lap because of my ISR background in AWACS. I was pretty much the only person who had airborne ISR, and that was it. And I was flying the airplane, not really conducting the ISR. But I, I knew what was going on, understood it, and so basically, obviously, started off with the military market because five years ago that's where the market was. But as that's really leveled off, at least in the U.S. side, I've been um, tasked with moving over to commercial drone stuff and and civil, and I'm responsible for trying to keep track of pretty much everything that has to relate to full stack. So 
platform sensors, software, uh, post-processing, anything and everything that has to do with drones, I'm, I'm trying to keep track of it. And it's overwhelming, but it's fun. And so, and uh, during th all that time, I also got an MBA. So I'm trying to keep uh, kind of try to keep track of what's going on with the financial aspect of everything as well, too. But again, like I said, and as you can understand, pretty overwhelming trying to keep track of all that stuff. It's yeah, it's very fluid. So you uh, you spent some time in Colorado Springs. I did. Yeah, it's a nice town. Now you know the funny thing is uh, when I worked for the Army, the Space and Missile Defense Command, the Battle Lab, I was in Colorado Springs. And everyone's like, oh, you got to get over to the academy and check it out. You know, oh, God, the, the chapel's cool and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 I got, you know. And, you know, you get busy and uh, never made it over there. But uh, I like It's all great from the outside. All great from the outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, oh, it, it was a good experience. Good <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, it is. And that's uh, Colorado was another place I could live. I, I liked it over yeah. there. Um, Wonderful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a nice place. And uh, as I'm, I'm kind of another. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're a member of the Alumni Association for the Air Force Academy grads. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a member of the chapter here in Sacramento. Oh, okay. Just kind of fell into it. <laughs> you know, great bunch of guys, uh, and uh, they have a good program we I go to every year. Anyway, um, you know, I wanted to dive right into the mystery that is the current climate here. You know, it, it, you did say it's, uh, you are correct. It's kind of overwhelming. It's always been fluid, but, but this, this deal's getting weird as far as I'm seeing it. Um, what do you think? Well, I, I kind of agree with you. It's, uh, I, I don't know that the, uh, I don't know that the 3DR stuff was much of a, a shock. Um, it just seemed like they were barking up the wrong tree for quite a while. Uh, I mean, Solo was late in the first place. Got a lot of cool features and stuff. But even then, even with all the money that they had, it didn't seem like they were marketing it very well. And then with that, as soon as they announced, and I think you and I have talked about this, as soon as they announced they were moving over to Enterprise so so quickly and so kind of, um, you know, with, with no fanfare and without any uh, warning, you knew that the the consumer side of their of their business was pretty much not not working, and um, you know that has a lot to do with the competitors out there. There's a lot of, I mean, you know, the Chinese market is or the Chinese makers are flooding the market. So it's the the if you're trying to build something that consumers going to use right now, uh, and you're behind the park or you're done. I mean, there's no, there's there's no there's no chance. I don't think for anyone to come in and do any kind of business in the in the consumer drone market that under in the under fifteen hundred dollar range. I can even yeah, I, I, you know I mean I've I've known Chris since he when he got into drones um, and the whole three D R do it yourself. Um, you know to be honest, uh, uh, the do it yourself thing. There were already autopilots. There were people doing things. I will say, kind of brought together a community that was more of the programmery type of of crowd. Um, I I told him I I thought that crowd would get saturated um, and saturated quick because a lot of people don't have the let's say time and or wherewithal to program and horse around and do all of this for free. Plus, right. you know, we've gone back and forth over that, the open source thing. You know, it, it's nice. I like the Parrot model myself. You can run their software or open source software. You know, when it doesn't yeah, work, you can go back and, you know what I'm saying? That's a pretty smart company. Yeah, I, I like 
I like a lot of what Parrot's doing. I know they uh, announced that they were going to have a little fewer fewer sales, or and that's another thing. It's I don't know that it's if it if it's fewer sales. They say less revenue. That doesn't necessarily translate to fewer sales. That may translate to lower price per platform sales, which Sean Reed, you know openly said over a year ago that it was going to be a blood you know bloodbath. I think were his words within in the small drone market. He saw it coming, so he was pre, he's been prepared for it and. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a rather than a, a, num, a numbers game, it's going to be a price war game. Yeah, I would agree. Well, the thing I like about Henri is, uh, you know, Henri's a business guy. You know, he's. I don't think he was under any like false assumptions. Um, you know, I've talked to him about what he's doing. He's got other products. They have other product lines. I mean. You know, they have their headphones. They have other things yeah. that they make. They have the Bluetooth thing for the car. They've, they've got all this other stuff going on. So he's right. So they, it, space, but he's got it's not a one trick. Yeah, it's not a one trick pony, and um, you, you can't be. And I don't think in the drone business. Um, but uh, if you want to keep growing, I mean, um, the. Uh, the, the fact that they have – I've seen several reports say, oh, if you want a pure drone play, you know, here's a here's Parrot as a stock. I'm like, that's not a pure drone play, not a, not even close. <laughs> I mean, that's what, 30% well, and, uh, of, their, of their income, something like that? Right, and and, and so, you know, you've got uh, – you're, you're diversifying in, in different fields. So I agree with that. Now, you know, the 3DR thing, I'm going to – I will agree, um, you know, I think the hype – I mean, really, you know, I, I saw Chris at uh, this SBIF. Our S-V-I-E-F a couple oh, yeah, weeks ago, yeah. and I and I talked to him, and that was a great show. The Chinese are still, you know, one of the people that I suggested come to the show and be there actually got funding. It's happened before. The, the Chinese are still uh, investing. But uh, so I was surprised to see Chris there. After the thing, I came up to him. I said, hey, Chris, you know, um, you know, you want to give us an interview, your side of the story, you know, or the 3D robotics, and he accused me of not being fair. Now, I have tweeted out uh, some things like what, you know, what happened to the $100 million? I, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like at the Greg Allman story, you know, with the whiskey bottles and the crashed cars and all the rest of that, and $100 million later. Yeah, uh, I, I don't feel uh, that it was unfair. I mean, the, the historical knowledge that I have of 3DR, I mean, I could go and have a uh, field day that'd make Forbes look like a... Um, bedtime story but anyway I was like okay well you know go give it to somebody else and uh, you know I mentioned uh, I'm not going to mention who I told him to give the story to but then I realized I forgot she got fired for incompetence from the company anyway so I don't, it might be a sore subject but these people that are supposedly analysts or, or reporters or whatever they're all rah-rah pieces that are basically marketing and anything that's even seen as remotely critical uh, gets you on the poo list. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, whatever. I, I just think that uh, I don't think that the Mexico play worked. I don't think the hype play worked. And, um, you know, the, 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 the gimbal being late was, was just a, a disaster you know, for the solo, yeah. as far as I was concerned. Well, and then I'm sure it wasn't cheap to try and move all the manufacturing over to China <clears throat> so they could compete with with the with the pricing. So yeah, that's well, another I mean, problem. Was a, it was, there, there was a uh, there was a big move by Mexico a few years ago to say, hey, we could compete with China. Come to Mexico. 
Um, you know, you can manufacture here and you can drive it across the border and it doesn't, you know, take that long to get here, yada, yada, yada. I was never buying that one. I'm, I'm just not buying that one. The Chinese model is just, uh, as far as manufacturing is concerned, a whole different kettle of fish than Mexico. Right. So, yeah, you know, there were a couple of things, and we can, we can speculate about that. I, I am, uh, you know, since then, Chris said he's going to do an article with us maybe after today's podcast. He won't, but whatever. I, you know, I don't really care. <laughs> My my uh, as my thing really is he should come clean with the community and talk about you know some of the stuff that happened. There's a lot of people out there I think that would just give him a pass, you know, and say, well, you tried. Yeah. Um, we did all that. Don't be so pompous. Come clean. Yeah, we made a few mistakes. We did say we had the smartest drone in the world. All the rest of that stuff, and it didn't work out. And I think people would give him a pass. But there are a lot of people that are upset too. You know, they feel taken advantage of. Yada yada. Both sides of the deal. I don't really care either way what the guy wants to do. It's up to him. But I don't well, see I, I, Enterprise working. I don't either. Um, and I'm, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't. I don't think anybody there was, was set out to. No one set out to fail. You know, like you said, they, I'm sure they made made some mistakes. It's an, it's it's not like it's a a hundred year old business where people know how everything works. You know, and it's uh, you, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Enterprise. I was going to say enterprise-wise, though, I, I sent a tweet out about this. I mean, with with Intel jumping in the game and sending technologies, I mean, they're going to have a leg up on the enterprise. It already, that, that drone can already do more than most because it has a lookup capability. So if you're talking about infrastructure, you know, uh, it has redundancy with, with, with eight props. It has just so much more built in. If they can get their Intel marketing machine going, it's going to it's – gonna, Take take everything else to task with or every other option to task uh, with regard at least to the infrastructure inspection is where I see the growth because the at least in the U.S. the 107 rules or Part 107 really allows for that um, quite a bit uh, more than you know a lot easier to do those kinds of applications whereas you know the monitoring and, and the long distance beyond visual line of sight night kind of stuff is still going to be further down the road but but that little that little niche right there with the, the inspections and uh, you know, tower inspections and, uh, you know, infrastructure bridges and any kind of those things, um, they're just going to see, you're going to, we're going to see some growth there. Uh, but it, again, it's one of those things where it's, it, and I, again, I don't know if we discussed this before, but maybe, maybe me and Colin Snow have, but um, it's, you can't just go by yourself, at least from my mind, you just can't go by yourself a, a Falcon 8 and start yourself a, a business of, inspecting you have to know what 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 needs to be inspected how it needs to be inspected what checklists need to be followed what the rules are what the regulations are so it, these guys who think they're just going to go out there and start this uh these inspection businesses are 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 kind of I think off the beaten path. You know, to me, it would be smarter for people who already do those inspections to integrate drones into what they do rather than someone who doesn't know any, how to do an inspection to take a drone and try to do it yeah, well, you're you're bang, banging on the drum that I've been hitting for a while. One, you know, the, the money, I think, for drones is going to be in, uh, you know, public and private asset management. Uh, two, uh, drones have always, and this has been my experience in, since getting into this in the early 2000s, augment already existing businesses. Uh, you know, I talk to people all over right. the world all the time about this deal. Talk to a gentleman today. He's like, well, how do I, you know, how, how do I market myself? And I said, well, what's, what's your expertise? You know, 
Well, I have a lot of uh, experience in construction. I work for a major retailer and building stores, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's what you have to, to play up, you know. So you're going you're gonna to be against, you know, uh, Joe's Drones, and Joe's Drones, the guy, he doesn't know anything about the business, and he's going to go out there and take photos of what? What's relevant? He doesn't know. It's the same thing I've been yeah. in some of these articles. It's like, you know, I'm a roof inspector. Do you know anything about construction? No. Do you know anything about roof assemblies? No. Do you know what you're talking about? No. Are you a map maker? <laughs> I'm a map maker. You're not a map maker. You're, you're some guy with an app, you know. It, that's yeah. not going to stand up in court. There's just all these problems, and, and you know, even uh, you go and you talk to crowds of people and you say, hey, you're going to need insurance. You're going to need, you know, um, you should probably, if you're going to do inspections, errors and omissions, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, oh, man, all that's expensive, and what do you mean I need workman's comp? Yeah, it's called business, Coolio. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's yeah. kind of how this thing works, but we'll go ahead. No, I'm, I agree with you. The get rich uh, quick schemes, people are overlooking a lot of things. I mean, we don't have uh, any kind of – well, some countries do, but the U.S. doesn't ha- have mandatory insurance. It, that's just around the corner. I mean, you get a few uh, suits that are you know, millions of dollars in liability, and then all of a sudden you're going to have the, the uh, insurance underwriter saying, okay – you're not going to get insurance unless this, this, and this. So it, it, I, I see that becoming mandatory, and that'll be an additional cost. We, I mean, it, the, the market here on the commercial side is so nascent that we haven't determined all the costs yet. So it's very hard to say that you're going to beat what what is already done cost-wise with with a drone. Now, odds are you can because it's very inexpensive to operate, but you have to work all those things out uh, first. And like you said, I totally I totally agree with you on the augmentation side. You. It's going to augment what's already there. Uh, you know, agronomists are going to in, in, include drones in what they already do in, in areas where it can be, the data can be better or improved or gives you more information than what you already have. Um, you know, that's well, just an example. Yeah, there is that. Now, the other thing is, is I think that some of the hype has been damaging. Like, okay, so I was at that, uh, again, at that SBIEF thing, and there's some guys there that have a smart moisture sensor for, for you know, industrial or, you know, big farms. Uh-huh. Talk to the guy, farm drones, that, and they are just like, you know what, these drone guys are, the, the way they think of farming is demeaning. You know, coming out here and thinking that we're just going to need pictures, and we're just like rubes, and I go, oh, yeah, the overalls, the wheat stock, and the straw hat, and he's like, Exactly. And it says, I just yeah. can't figure out how these are going to work. So it's like kind of like the, the hype is like pushed out into the field, which was kind of one of my concerns that we would have almost an industrial dirty diaper that, you know, the real people are going to have to come back and deal with. Okay. So he tells me, I talked to the guy, he says, well, I just really can't see how this is going to work. Yeah. You know, uh, you hear crop stress, blah, blah, blah. It's too, you know, we all know it's too late when you're crop stressed. All you're getting is bad news because there's no coming back from that. You can't come back and sing the corn, a lullaby. And then, Oh, Hey, here we go. So I yeah, tell myself, well, the way it's going to work, yeah, you, you know, here's your product out in the field. You could use the drone, fly around, take some pictures, maybe use one of the apps and upsell your existing product and say, hey, Farmer Brown, you know, or Green or whoever he is. Um, our sensors would work to help you here. You know, from, from walking the ground, I thought we needed 10 from the air. I can see we need 17. 
you know, and then come back at the end of the, 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 the harvest, the pick, whatever, and say, okay, well, here we are, blah, blah, blah. I go, I don't think you're going to charge him for this data, but you're going to make more money upselling him your product. That's how it's going to work. I think that's going to, how it's going to be for the fertilizer guy, for the irrigation guy, for, you know, maybe even, you know, the application pesticide guy, blah, blah, blah. It will be part of your service and you're not really charging extra. Let's say you. Yeah, no, I agree. I, in fact, I, I did a report not too long ago. I think you saw it. That it, very fairly inexpensive report from from my company, anyways, that talks specifically about uh, UAS Agriculture Services, and I didn't estimate a market. I, I think it would I would think it would be sort of irresponsible to estimate a market. What I did was provide a um, a what if analysis, saying what if the the technology is adopted at this rate or at this rate or at this rate. And as the rate increases, obviously, the income increases. But that's the thing. We don't yet know how how quickly that is going to be adopted because it's going to take a while to uh, to figure out what can and can't be done or what, what additional um, information or what better information you can get from, from a drone that you can't already get from satellites or from manned aircraft. It, you know, everybody talks about how expensive manned aircraft are. Well, they're not really that expensive when you have a bunch of guys willing to fly for very, very cheap right. uh, and or, or build up their hours because the FAA just, re, you know, increased the hours requirements for, for right seaters in, in the airlines. So it's just, there's a lot of different things to have to, you have to consider. So, um, it, it'll all work out. I think, like you say, I, I totally agree that it's going to be um, an augmented thing. It's not going to be a bunch of companies out there specifically doing precision agriculture. I think it's going to be agriculture companies adding drones to their line of services that they already provide and have it all integrated into one big precision agriculture uh, system, You know, whether it be John Deere or you know Case or whoever is putting those systems together. Right, and I already think a lot of these companies have bad tastes in their mouth from dealing with chuckleheads. But you know, you know <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. Well, they do. They, you know, I know they I already know they have. I mean, I, these people have been to the show. You know, the the expo, the Small Unmanned Systems Business Expo. They had these companies. We've some of these companies we've talked about out to do demos, and it was just a, a failure, just yeah. a horrible failure. You know. Uh, it's too bad. But anyway, I mean, you know, you get the wrong people. That's another thing with this business is everyone, you just, you know, buy a selfie drone and six months later you call yourself an expert and people buy it at face value. It just it just boggles my mind. It just, yeah, you know, oh, or, you know, I, I get into arguments with people about search and rescue. I, I have this thing. Don't, you know, you are not a SAR expert because you, mm-hmm. you went to Best Buy and you bought a consumer drone. And right. people, oh, that Egan guy's a jerk, he's a dick, whatever. Hey, you know what? When you're talking about people's lives, you know, and you don't know what you're doing, that could possibly mean people are going to die because you're a jackass. And that is not good for the industry not accessible. at all. Yeah. Or anybody. It's, it's yeah. not for I got a cell phone app. I don't care, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even want to get down that road. But anyway, the thing is uh, – you know, uh, st- sticking with this uh, theme too, and I wanted to talk about some of the other uh, companies. You know, mm-hmm. what, what do you think is the bigger threat to karma? Do you think it's the Mavic? Do you think it's the Solo being blown out at three ninety nine? I mean, that's I, I, I don't own a Solo. I'm 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 going to run over to Best Buy and buy one at three ninety nine. 
Yeah, I agree. I, don't, I, I I was thinking about doing it actually myself when I saw it online. I think I was thinking, wow, there's probably not going to be very many of those left. But I didn't want to. I already have a GoPro, but I I didn't want to have to buy the uh, the gimbal as well. But uh, mm-hmm. and I already I already have a three that I use for a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to be much much of a threat. I think people who are going to buy at that that price range probably weren't going to move up to buy a thousand dollar Karma or Mavic anyways. I think the Mavic's gonna be more of a threat to it. Um but I still think there's gonna be a built in market for, for Karma because there's a lot of GoPro haunts honks. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. who love GoPro. And if you talk to the people who actually do videography, um they will tell you that they, they like the option of being able to because camera technology changes, you know, on a whim. It's, you know, weekly, monthly. Um, so they want to be able to have that upgrade. I think that gives a little bit of like a, but the fact that it came with no follow me, no, uh, no, um, obstacle avoidance, I think that puts it at a disadvantage. And so I think people who like GoPro stuff will probably, and want a drone will probably take a car, take karma. But I think more so, um, people who want drones that can take that can take pictures, or they're more interested in the drone than the camera. They're going to buy the Mavic. And I think that's where more of your uh, your market share is going to be. And again, it's it, it, it remains to be seen. But I I just I don't think that the it, I don't think Karma is going to do any kind of DJI. You know, no, no death to DJI from Karma. It's just going to it'll have its little niche. Uh, for the for the GoPro lovers and and that'll be that'll be about it. Yeah, I uh, you know I had talked to them, uh, you know when they were going to launch the first time and and uh, you know I I had, I had talked to the marketing team. I mean they wanted to advertise. I probably shot myself in the foot telling them you know what I thought, but you know it's an accessory as as I see it for for uh, the the GoPro. Um, you know, it's it's been a long time coming. I think the price point's way too high. I mean, I, I you know, five ninety nine tops. I think as far as the price is concerned on it, I do agree with you that you'll have some uh, GoPro people that will buy it. But even listening to the guy that owns the company and is talking about the launch, you know, well, you can't, you know, it gets mundane to fly drones. You can't fly them anywhere, and the stick is a ground drone. It's like you know, I could tell in people's faces when they're saying stuff and they're not even buying it, you know, <laughs> the ground drone. What, what are you talking about? The ground drone. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. The other thing is Gary says, you know, that's the drone from two years ago. Right. Um, you look at uh, where Mavic is and, and the design. Uh, and that's another thing, even with uh, DJI, their design and, and even the Chinese, the way that their their design is working and their IP, their homegrown IP, I think people still discount the Chinese. I think they're fools. These people are not over here clowning around, and we see it. And we see what works. No, you know, their R and D is top notch. They, I mean, they've shown that from the start. They, they DJI has made so many you know, great moves on my uh, from my perspective, not just in the manufacturing and in the design and R and D, but in in the marketing and you know. Uh, them <laughs> telling GoPro to pound sand because GoPro wanted more <clears throat> uh, profits from the GoPro DJI, you know, uh, partnership that they were trying to build to have those cameras on there uh, was 
was GoPro's downfall. They could have made a mint from that. I think about how many how much more income they would have had from all the camera all their cameras being on all the DJI drones that they had. So um that that was a well, genius move making their own cameras. Go ahead. Well, I, well, and I and I think you know this is a big problem, and I, I don't think this is only in the drone sphere. I think this is a technology sphere. You know, I'm out here in Northern California, and I'm in Sacramento, so I think I can keep my feet on the ground. I'm not directly in the Silicon Valley ecosystem, but these guys are out of control. I mean, I, I was at this other mm-hmm. orange Pillsbury VC, and these people, I, I mean. I understand technology, okay? I understand what's tangible. I understand what's fantasy. And the, and it's it used to be maybe they were grasping 20% of reality. They've moved into about 10%. Now we're, we're moved right on to 5G, uh, AI, you know. And it's like what, what, you know, when you're talking about AI, what, what are you talking about over here, you know? What they're really talking about is pre-programmed. They're not talking about self-learning, self-aware things. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I, I did a panel at the SBIEF thing about uh, AI and Asimov's laws of robotics, which I think are just some nostalgic throwback because as all of this stuff comes into, let's say, the, um, the real world, there are issues. So, I, you know, I think uh, you've got a lot of people at these companies and they're uh, blowing smoke and other yes men. I, I notice out here if you say anything, derogatory about Google, Amazon, Facebook, any of the bit, oh, you're like a heretic. And they keep all of the, the, uh, the things kind of under wraps that are, that as far as I'm concerned, I don't know who they think they're, well, I guess they're, they're BSing a lot of folks, but, you know, Facebook drone crashed on landing. They didn't come out and go, hey, you know, and it crashed. Google car, you know, crashes. And somebody gets a picture on it on their cell phone. Nobody's talking about it. You, you have to say, okay, this stuff is really hard. It is. It is hard to do. This is hard. But let's be realistic. You know, you gotta. I think they yeah. need some more reality and less yes men. Um, or, or there's going to be some serious problems in Silicon Valley and with tech. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna have another. I don't want to call it like a dot bomb, but I think the gear's gonna either grind or slip. What do you think? I agree. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say that you know you're exactly right. Karma is a is an accessory. I mean, GoPro is a camera company, and they made a drone to fly cameras. DJI has a drone company. They're, you know, so it, it, that's that's the big difference um, with regards to technology. That yeah, that's absolutely the truth. You can see that by all the um, the venture capital going into crazy stuff, and and all the. Uh, all the people who are just now trying to get into drones are going to be going to be pushed out, and many, many of the drone makers that we see now, the manufacturers, are not going to be around in a few years. It's you know, it's going to it's going to be just like what happened with cell phones. You remember how many cell phone manufacturers there used to be, and now now how many are there? I mean, look, Google just released their phone. There's maybe what four that are really a player outside of China. So I mean, that's just going to at least on the consumer side, that's going to happen. I think you're going to still have probably have a, quite a few niche uh, drones that do things that other drums don't that have carved out a niche and, and made a name for themselves <clears throat> doing something well and people are comfortable with that, you know, like your Arion Labs and your, you know, Intel, um, well, ascending technologies by by default with Intel, those those kinds of 
you know, I mean, look at all the companies that are, have been doing uh, the uh, the inspection services for oil and gas and other things. What do they use? They all use the Falcon 8s, and there's a reason for that. So um, mm-hmm. those 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 that's where you're going to survive. But to me, uh, you see, you're seeing a lot of consolidation. You're going to see more. Uh, you're going to see a lot of partnerships because. Uh, these drone companies don't want to be a one-trick pony like we talked about before. They they want just to be able to send. I think that's uh, we hadn't talked about it yet, but I think that's why Dell Air Tech uh, picked up Trimble's um, UAV business uh, so they could have more uh, of a product line to sell their to their clients. And you know, Trimble's not really a drone company; they're a geospatial company. So I don't think they had a problem getting rid of it. I think they just wanted to have that for their. Co- customers. So now they decided let's concentrate on the geospatial stuff and partner with the drone people and let the drone people be drone people, you know. So oh. it, you're trying to trying to let the, I, the, the people who understand the business maintain that part of the business. Well, the other thing is, is you know, I mean, I knew uh, the woman that was in charge of that. Um, you know, they, they did get into it. I mean, you know, Trimble is a huge company, huge yeah. company. And I think the other thing that you're starting to see, because this was confirmed, I talked to another guy at uh, SVIEF from from uh, Cisco, you know, and the same thing. If we are going to spend money on something, it has to have a return on investment. It has to make money. I'm like, oh, my God, there's refreshing thinking. Somebody's talking about actually making money. Well, not only does it have to make money, but if I put $10 into pot A, is it going to return as much if I put that $10 into pot P somewhere else. Or C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the play with Trimble. Okay. It works. It's good. But you know what? We're, we're just, we are, uh, we're killing it over here. We don't, this is, we, we're not really making the money on this that we are on this and we don't need it. Right. It reminds me of the play that Evergreen made. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but Evergreen had a bunch of scan eagles and they were, actually working for Shell up there in 2008 up off of the Arctic Shelf, which was the, uh, I was calling that the Shell game. You know, people talk about commercial use mm-hmm. drones. It was going on back then. You just had to know the right folks to make that happen. Um, but they, they realized they couldn't make any money, and they sold it off to VT Group, you know, and VT Group was like, oh, we scored. We're getting all these, you know, getting a good deal on these drones. Well, you know, where that went. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's a, a different play like that. The other thing is, you know, you did talk about some of the other companies and, um, you know, the pivoting is starting to get out of control. I mean, these people are like, you know, first they were groping around in the dark, and I call these people con- conjecture merchants. We're talking about what was going to happen and what wasn't going to happen and yada, yada. I wrote back in 2010 what was going to happen, and that's pretty much what we got. And so now they're like, oh, We've got to find some relevance. We've got to find something. We, gotta, we have customers. Well, you know what? In my book, customers pay. If they're not paying, they're not really customers. And I think these people are pivoting and looking for, you know, something grasping at straws. And there's just no revenue, man. They're just on VC money. I mean, when the rule came out, I saw some of these companies, their relevance, like a light switch was off. You know, I, I, and I just, I didn't get where... Where people invested in this stuff. You want to add something to that, or you think I'm not in left field? What do you think? 
Well, I, I, I really see the potential in the services. I don't see a whole lot of, I mean, and I think that's going back to Trimble. I kind of think that's why they were, I mean, they, they acquired Gateway in the first place. That wasn't something that they came up with. So they, then they, then they transitioned that into, uh, into the uh, UX5. And, and I think what, what exactly what you said is happened is that they understood that, you know, hey, we make we make the software that does, you know, the the, the geospatial type of, uh, you know, I mean, Trimble has, like you said, it's a huge company. They they and they, they so they can concentrate on the software and sell that to everybody instead of trying to compete with selling drones in a market where there's a bunch of other drones. There's not a whole lot of other companies that do what they do on on the geospatial side. So, yes, you, you're going to get. I think you're going to get more for your ten dollars in a in, in, in that software pot than you're going to in, in a hardware pot. So let let the hardware yeah. companies do the hardware, and so I mean, and and that's the smart thing to do is if you're going to try and maintain your relevance as a hardware company, you you can't like Dell Air Tech. All they had was fixed wing. You can't just have fixed wing and 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 cater to all the customers that you you may have coming knocking at your door. You say, oh, well, we don't have that. Uh, multi-rotor capability. Sorry. Oh, we'll go somewhere else. So, but and, and what what you what you said is 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 why w- what we're seeing is happening with all the consolidations there. Everything everybody's trying to make some sort of full stack end-to-end service so that they can. So when a customer comes to them, they can say, Oh, we can do that instead of all we have are drones, all we have are sensors, all we have is, is a is a. Uh, so, uh, computing, uh, cloud computing capability, you know, I could deploy during the point. All these companies are partnering together to, to try and offer, you know, an end-to-end service. And I think it's finally but why why that's happening is because they're seeing that's where the money is going to be is in the services. Um, yeah. Because the company – go agree. ahead. Well, I just think that, you know, the other problem with that, though, is we go back to augmenting already existing businesses, you know. Here's here's where I see it. You know, the drone part of it, especially the thousand bucks, there's a few things that are going to happen. You hit on that with the liability, right? So what happened in the uh, the micro arc is that the FAA, in my estimation, was very, um, let's say, you know, well, they either lucked out or they were calculating uh, when they pushed the self-certification off on the OEMs. And I do not believe that the OEMs have any idea where they're going with that one. So, you know, when the liability thing comes out later and you have like a hobby-grade drone and it crashes on someone, I mean, it's the same deal with Amazon. I got to tell you, you know, first time I saw Amazon, and I'm not ripping on Amazon, I'm just going to say that when I saw the Prime Air, I did a thing for, I don't know, it's Fox News Financial or whatever, not ready for prime time. You know, there's no prop guards on it. It, it. it just, it's just, it doesn't look like an aircraft. And they, you know, the thing is, is they're making, um, they go and talk to aviation people and go, yeah, this is our aircraft. Even the new iteration, you know, that looks like some 70s Formula One racer. It doesn't look like an aircraft. <laughs> it doesn't fly like an aircraft. <laughs> You're just embarrassing yourself. And then they're like, oh, best equipped, best served. Okay, you know, Billy Badass, you're that badass. You got all that money. Let's see you fly with the big iron. Come on. You know, let's, where's the engineering? Where's the, you know, you have the money. So I, uh, I think these guys are playing games with themselves or honestly, because the first time, and I've asked them about it. Okay. So you come into the backyard, you know, you got, how's it going to avoid? Oh, it'll be like a bird. And it'll avoid, 
you know, Susie. Well, what about Billy and Johnny? You know, doesn't hit her. I mean, it got, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not realistic, man. For what? Lonesome Dove DVDs, you know? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, to me, the, the delivery space, at least the, the consumer delivery, it, it, I I don't see, I don't see how the, the the numbers work out and and there's a lot more things that we have to deal with than just operating drones. I mean, if you're operating a drone to do an inspection or to do some mapping or something, you, you fly it overhead and you know really a lot of those. Uh, a lot of those jobs, 80% of that work is up front in the planning, you know, making, making the flight plan, uh, figuring out where you're going to take the pictures, you know, how much overlap you're going to use, whatever it is, that's all up front. Um, and, and then, and then you, you know, a lot of times you just take it off and fly, fly, fly the mission and it comes back and you have your information. That's much different than flying a long distance and then figuring out how you have to, to, uh, what are you going to do if the weather's bad? What are you going to do if, um, there's a temporary flight restriction. Is, is that information automatically going to be fl- fl- fed into the drone so it it uh, it goes around there? What if it doesn't have the legs to get there now? There's uh, how are you going to deal with the uh, the distribution centers? You know, are you going to how much is it going to cost to uh, to alter all those so that you can fly drones in and out? Um, there's just so many more obstacles that you have to overcome and and then after all that what you talked about how are you going to deliver are you going to have a central delivery location are the drones going to be protected when they when they place the the packages in there i mean it, seriously if you have one if you have a, a delivery to the same place and your drone can only uh, deliver one package at a time because of the weight restriction are you going to really send it there and then go all the way back to the uh, the distribution center and bring another one back to the same exact place. That's not going to be uh, efficient. So I don't. It, there's a lot to be worked out there. And to me, it's and I saw an article that said it the other day that said it exactly right. It's not the last mile that's an issue. It's the last 50 feet that's an issue. Right. I agree with that. And the thing is with that is I'm not you know I'm not beating them up because I do think it's it's technically feasible. Right now, sure. The yeah. business model is. You know, one guy in a FedEx truck, one driver with one package in the back, okay? And we're not talking about, you know, because I'm, well, you know, it's an apple to oranges because the truck costs this and blah, blah, blah. Well, all the infrastructure for the drone, by the time you're said and done, control station, certification, software certification, and all the rest of that stuff, I think it's going to be cheaper for the kid on the bike. And that's another thing we didn't even we we didn't get into that. And we are running long, and you know what? We'll just go long because I don't care. A lot of people beat me. Me neither. Oh, you know, anything over thirty minutes is too long. Well, turn it off. No, it's too that's good. Right. You can press yeah, stop. To, I, yeah. yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Listen later. You know, mow the lawn. I don't know. But uh, it's the same deal with um, you know. Okay, I I, I do want to that one. I think it is doable. But uh, I, I still think it's embarrassing from a technology, you know, I, I, the, I was at the Silicon Valley Robotics Block Party and talked to some of the people from the, the Google thing before they got, you know, they had the purge over there and just said, you know, uh, candy bar on a string is not a moonshot. I'm sorry. It's just not, you know, and then they were like, all right, huh, tell us how to do it. I go, I don't know. Drop a catcher's mitt first. You know, the, the woman from SRI was laughing. She was doubled over laughing. You know, and oh, come on, tell her. You know, you really, like, yeah, what, I, I'm going to wheel out the work cart, the gold for you for nothing. Get out of here. What are you nuts? You know, you guys got more money than God. Uh, you have talent. You know, supposedly all the rest of this stuff. Anyway, I, you know, just to, to get back to me 
when you have something that's credible and you want to wow me like I wrote in the article, something that's certifiable. Not just the idea certifiable, but you know, want to see software and hardware that you, you can certify. I mean, all the DOD guys are going there. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, and I, a few years ago, I was talking to the over there at Airware. I said, hey, uh, DO-178 variants, what do you think of that? Uh, what's that? They had no idea what you're talking about, did you? Um, yeah. At all. And I said, you know, software certification, what's that? Well, for your autopilot software, I asked, um, I won't name the company, but I asked one of the companies, I said, you know what that means, you know? And I said, well, no, what does that mean? And I said, well, basically, the certification isn't development testing or anything else. But the certification is, you know, average is about 100 bucks a line. How many lines of code you got? Four very long ones, the guy said, which I thought was a very creative answer um, <laughs> for, for software. But, you know, that that is what Amazon's up against. That's what Google's up against, yeah. you know, uh, to, to get that going. So, you know, I beat those guys up, and I'm I'm sure that uh, they already all love me because I already know all those guys. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, hey, man, you know, I, I tell them, I, you know, maybe this passes with the kiddies and people think it's great and they all love it, but this is the reality of the situation, you know, and it, it's like the picture thing. If you don't like the picture, maybe you got to bring me a prettier model. I don't know. But uh, yeah, the other thing I want to... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I should let you. Start. I was going to say we're nowhere, we're nowhere near the end, <clears throat> the end of what we need to do with regard to uh, a bunch of things flying together in, in a low altitude airspace. I mean, people aren't thinking about what you're talking about certification and what what if it comes down to oh, in order to get insurance, your aircraft has to have uh, not just uh, certification for the software, but um, you know flying certification you know the, the just the, the testing and saying well if it if it does this it has to do that especially if you're going to fly over people um you know air uh, well, air, air go ahead well just think of it okay let, let's just think about this you're, you're a numbers guy okay back of the envelope back of the napkin how many of these sorties are you going to have to have a day to make the amazon thing work around the country hundreds of thousands a million uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you know, you think that's that's probably something that's going to be right. Okay. So sure. then you say, okay. So now we're the liability part. You know, I'm I'm biking down the street with my GoPro on my head, and you know, an Amazon drone smacks me in the face. You know, uh, the liability on that. Whoa! Is it Amazon on the side? No. You know, I'll, I'll never be able to work again, and my descendants will never be able to work again, and on and on and on. Right. And a couple of, of, of big lawsuits in the news. I don't think the public's going to tolerate these things falling out of the sky. I just I think that's a pipe dream. Well, and I've said it before. The real, real, the real winners over the next five to ten years will probably be the insurers and the lawyers. <laughs> well, don't they always – and I used to say that, you know, the, you're, the cornerstone of any business is finance and insurance, you know. And insurance is really driving the bus, you know. Uh, the only thing I think these guys have going for them now, and I've said this before, aviation insurance, right, like if you got a, a 787 or, you know, 757 or whatever, and you sneeze on it wrong, it's a million dollars worth of damage. Yeah. That's just the way it is. So now the drone thing, you insure the drone and there's $5,000 worth of equipment damage. You're like, you know, here, let me just go hit the couch cushions and I'll get you a check, you know. Uh, it's nothing. 
But that's a different story when you're talking about, you know, companies like, you know, Amazon, Google, Verizon, uh, Ericsson, whoever else. One of those loans crashes into somebody, and it's going to be multi, multi-million dollar lawsuit. You know, easily. And yep. and again, when the when these guys with the microarch said, "Yeah, we'll do self certification," what the hell does that mean? And then we're going to come back, and they're going to go, "The SAA is going to go, well, yeah. you guys self certified. Have a nice day." You know, and they got nothing. To, they don't have a leg to stand on, and they're going down. So whatever, you know, do whatever you want to do. Well, that, and I don't want if, if well, go ahead. I was going to say, if too, many of that, if too many of those kinds of things happen, then you have the regulators come back and say, oh, now we're going to have to, we're going to, have to make you have some sort of airworthiness certification before you can fly whatever it is you want to fly for this thing or that thing. And now your your costs go up, your your return on investment goes down, and it, it throws the, the entire business model into a, a, a tailspin or a possible tailspin because now you don't know what the real costs are again. Well, and that's exactly where it's going. You know, you're going to, as soon as the few first lawsuits come in, I mean, that's the thing, even with the 107, people are like, oh, gosh, it's so hard, blah, blah, blah. It's not hard. It's really very easy. It's very liberal. It's more liberal than I, I could have dreamed was going to happen. Um, and, and we're there, you know, and yeah. I don't believe that. And, and they're going to tighten it up is, is what they're going to do. They're going to have to tighten it up if accidents start happening. So. It's well, Australia is already in the mix. Other... Oh, go ahead. It, yeah, I was saying Australia is already in in the middle of trying looking at that. They're look, re looking at their rules because of all the complaints that they're having from pilots and uh, you know the industry as a whole. So I don't know what's going to come out of that, but that. I, I think they're going to revisit this. You know, they will. It just it will be. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's just too many parallels. And then, um, you know, the other thing is that people are like, oh, it's stifling innovation. And then they're over there in Europe talking about how we're so far ahead of them now that innovation stifled over there. You know, um, here in the United States, these guys, all of the best and brightest have been doing whatever they wanted to do. All of the companies that people hear about now, you know, oh, this is a success story and they're working and they're selling and blah, blah, blah. They just did whatever they wanted to do without any regard for the FAA. So you, the, the innovation that we have today is what the best and brightest could develop on their own. And, uh, you know, like, like what you got is what you got because nobody really cared because there was no enforcement or very little enforcement. So that's, that's one part of it. Now I want to talk about the, the medical delivery stuff, which is I think, you know, we, there was a story today, you know, zip lines in Rwanda and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, that's great. I think it's great and everything else. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I was probably one of the first people to talk to uh, Matternet. Um, I've talked to a lot of these companies first off, and, and you know, I, I went there, and the first thing they had was the 3D robotics drone. And, they, you know, they were like, yeah, we're going to do medical deliveries. I like, oh, that's a great idea, but you're not going to use this, are you? And I said, well, you know, yeah. And I said, well, if you're going to deal with pharmaceutical companies, you're going to you're going to have to deliver, man. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, because when Nanook doesn't get her her uh, you know insulin for her diabetes and she dies because you didn't make it, you're going to get sued. You know, and it, and it's going to mm-hmm. be a black eye, and then nobody's going to really want to work with you. Right. And, of course, I said, you know, you're going to want to do certification or, you know, uh, there were ways to get, you know, some sort of equivalent level of certification. Oh, we already have $10 million in the bank. 
you know, and it was, they were, they just, it wasn't realistic. The other deal, oh, well, we can only, um, our business model is so many cents a kilometer, you know, blah, 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 which when I went to this other thing in, uh, at uh, Orange Pillsbury, you know, one of the women from Singularity University started up, I go, you know, the business model was what? Matched against a Chinese, or a kid on a Chinese motorcycle? You know, because that's how they do it now. And she even admitted, well, in some cases, it's a kid with a donkey. You know, I mean, how are you going to be a kid with a donkey? <laughs> exactly right. So, exactly you know, right. There's, there's issues. And then, uh, you know, Zipline looks good. I like Zipline. But I look at Zipline and I go, man, you know, you've got all of the issues that Shadow has. You know, the Shadow system. It's this big footprint, the infrastructure, all the people. This is not going to be cheaper. And the only way it's going to really work is we don't count all of the money that Bill and Melinda Gates threw into it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I guess the only thing at that point would be, and again, there's a reason why you see them testing this over in Africa and you don't see a whole whole lot of it here. You need it over there because of the infrastructure and, and the speed. So I think they're probably willing to... Um, forego a little bit of the cost for speed, but someone's got to pay for that. It's not going to be like a, a you know, a, a huge windfall of profit. It's going to be people wanting to uh, do- donate for, you know, the, the better good of, you know, trying to save lives over there, trying to keep people, as many people from dying because they get their medicine faster. But it's by no means going to be a, a business model for a, a big profit-making venture. No, and I mean, it's a great effort, and I like the idea, you know, and all the rest of that. I really do. I, I think it's good. But the thing is, the other thing I find is a lot of these, these ventures go to countries where, like here in the United States, you know, a life is worth a million dollars, and you move on to different developing uh, countries in the world or whatever. Lives are not worth that much. So, you know, they go someplace where they can make the numbers work, which is fine. You know, I'm all good with that, too. Um, I, I still think we have a ways to go on that one. I do commend their efforts, and I, you know, I think it's nice that people are investing in this, uh, saving lives and all the rest of that stuff. I just, you know, I, I don't. Is it is it like trying to make a, you know, a solution that's not really needed? I mean, even the kid on a motorcycle, he could carry a passenger that could take blood samples or do inoculations. You know, uh, the only good thing I heard somebody say, well, he might have to climb a mountain. Okay, well, how often does he have to climb a mountain? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do think it's it's uh, the uh, infrastructure problem is is insurmountable. I don't even know if a, a kid on a um, motorcycle can do it. It just depends on where you're at. But hopefully, they're at least doing some sort of uh, it, they're treating it as testing too to to try and work out the bugs for something that um, if they're going to do in a more uh, business-like fashion that they they're using the, the those those deliveries to find out what they can and can't do or what you know what the capabilities are and keeping track of that so at least they get you know kind of like what the FAA sites were supposed to do well you know i mean the other thing is that you know even in the uh when i was working with the military you know they already had a system that could deliver blood which is kind of a difficult thing i mean you can't uh you know, blood can't take a lot of shocks or, it, uh, you know, there's, it starts to separate and things like that. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of, I think another thing that we had going on here is everyone, because it was illegal, was operating in silos and working on their own, you know. And a lot of these, these uh, projects withered on the vine. 
Um, well, you know, now that it's all open, I think it's going to be a very interesting six to 12 months. What do you think? Yeah, I do. I, I think this is going to be uh, the next six, 12 months is going to, I think, maybe a little bit longer, maybe six to 18 months, two years. The, but in the near future, we're going to see a lot more of the uh, structure of how everything's going to kind of play out, because I think by then, uh, you know, just like we keep seeing all these follow me drones or selfie drones, as you like to call them, go, going by the wayside because they couldn't they couldn't you know, they couldn't meet the demand or they couldn't uh, meet the promises that they they uh, did, you know, with all the, you know, I can't name them all, but, you know, there's three or four of them. What, Lily was one, right? And, you know, there's a few others. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to see that same kind of thing with all these companies partnering up and, and uh, the the cream's going to rise to the top and a lot of the a lot of the companies that we talk about today aren't going to be around there's already some companies that I that came off came out with big fanfare and then just died off because there's just like you say there's not the customers there's and <clears throat> it's something that has that the entire market is not defined and it, it's going to take another while to uh, do more research. I think both both of the uh, reports that I put out basically said that over the next year or two of testing of different capabilities, whether it's precision agriculture or the inspections or you know any of those kind of commercial operations, to find out what really works and what really is cost saving and what's what's not, what's saving lives, what's what, what's and what's saving money, and where are you going to get your return on investment? Once all those things are, uh, you know more sorted out, then we'll see the market start to form a more predictable, in a more predictable fashion, I think. I agree with that. And, you know, the one thing I, I, I do like to uh, give people a little bit of insight, I, I think really what's going to happen for the drone to really uh, be something that's good, and, and I've told this to some of the other folks that make apps and all the rest of that, is really where the, I think the money is going to be is, again, in the software that can um, – identify uh, anomalies and we'll come up with a uh, solution or, or a mitigator and email it to somebody. And the example I give a few years ago at the expo, I had a guy come, he's a, uh, he's got a master's degree in, you know, crop stress, uh, remote sensing uh, for, for drought conditions. Okay. He says, you go fly, you know, field or whatever. Um, he could spend 40 hours analyzing and reporting on what's going on. Okay, fair enough. Now, you can do the numbers real quick, dude, with a master's degree, carry the two thousands of dollars worth of work, okay? So really what needs to you, – you really want to kill it, come up with a software that can, can discover these anomalies and give people something that's actionable in a couple of paragraphs that's in their mailbox, boom, 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 and then they can pick up the phone, make a call, and have somebody, let's say, mitigate that situation. What do you think? Yeah, basically, and that's, to me, that's automation. I don't think of automation just in the uh, in the term of the drone being automated itself, but the in the terms of once the drone is flying on an automated fashion, automatically detecting something and automatically processing it and disseminating the result of whatever it is that it's looking for. So I, I do agree. The military has been obviously been working on that for years and years, and they're they're still working on it. I mean, and so it may be more further down the road than um, the military, and it may it may come out 
you know, the, on the commercial side, it's going to have to be cheaper, obviously, than when you than the stuff that the military does. But they they're still working on that, trying to figure out, hey, how do we sift through all this information and and focus on what it is we really want to see? And you're right, whoever makes that that better mousetrap is that's going to be there's going to be some big money there. Right. Well, and you know, hey, I'm not, you know, I'll be the first to say, not this this stuff is hard, man. You know, and that's that is a that is a lofty goal. But that that's, you know, that's when you're talking about, uh, you know, what I would call regulatory grade data. When you when when the the drone can go mm-hmm. out there, collect this, and you know, it can get processed in a secure cloud. Look, that's the other deal. The cloud, you know, it's not a magical place. <laughs> Someplace secure, um, you know, and I'm not going to disparage anybody's cloud because people yell at me about that too. But anyway, it's got to be somewhere. And then, like I said, you know, hey, the data comes back and we can do that. You got something that you can use to indemnify yourself against lawsuits and regulatory uh, fines and whatnot. There's the goose that laid the golden egg. And it's not, and that's another thing, this is converging technologies. When I talk about unmanned technologies, it's not just the flying stuff, but under the water, on the water, on the roads, mm-hmm. where, wherever you're collecting data, the satellites, CubeSats, wherever and, you're getting it. Yeah, and being able to integrate that into existing systems um, that use other man, well, maybe unattended sensors or whatever it's going to be a it's a it's basically a big data thing it's a big data and then taking that big data and getting information you know actual information like you said uh, that's useful in an automated fashion exactly and then and then that's when you're talking about the gold rush Mm -hmm. that's that's my estimation so we have a little ways to go it's going to be hard but i you know i'm not uh, i hope it wasn't too debbie downer but i i think that you have to peel back the veneer, um, and and I think that you know people. Uh, so I know a lot of people appreciate it. I get emails all the time and say, "Hey, you know, did you just save me, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, or hundreds of thousands of dollars, or whatever, just just listening to this program?" So that's what you get here. But uh, yep. I'm glad we had to, a chance to get you on, Mike. Uh, do you, do you have a um, a website where people can talk about or look at some of these forecasts that you were talking about? Uh. Well, our website is uh, www.frost.com, but the best thing to do if you want to talk about something particular, because that our company does uh, research in just about every area, so healthcare, autos, and auto and transportation, uh, measurements and instrumentation, you name it, uh, food and beverage. So if you want to focus on the, the stuff that I do, it's probably best just to email me. And my email is my, just my name, michael.blades at frost.com, or they can get a hold of you, and you can give them my information. I have no problem with that. And I'm always happy to talk to people about the industry. Any questions, I can help with them. It, it helps me, too, just to find out what's going on and, and you know in in the pits and the in the trenches yeah well there's you know that's a, one thing that i'm always into is a uh you know sharing ideas uh sharing information and i do you know we like to have quality people on to kind of know what they're talking about i mean you know we didn't even get into the fantasy football numbers of the uh a lot of the you know, these, these these forecasts that I think were detrimental and are going to prove to be really detrimental to this industry. Uh, mark my words on that one. But that could be a possibility for another time. We can, we, we can shift through the, the minutia on that one. But anyway, thanks for I'm being down. on, Mike. I had a great conversation. I, uh, I enjoyed, um, you know, what we were talking about. And uh, I will, I guess, talk to you either on the Twitter or somewhere in the future. So. Yeah, 
I'll, I'll be ready to whenever you want me back, Pat, Patrick. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Have a good day. All right. You too. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.